Howdy, Stephen Rios here with the Prop Olympians podcast, episode number two. Uh, we got quite a bit going on today, so we want to go ahead and jump right in, right into this, so we can get to our guests. So, Matt, real quickly, tell us how you can listen or watch us. What's up, everyone? Um, yeah, so it's it'll be on YouTube. It's just search Prop Olympians on YouTube. I think it's the only Prop Olympians in the world. We got a trademark at Rios. Um, but we do anyway, so it'll be on YouTube and then also it's on Substack is where it's hosted. So you can subscribe to the Substack. It's propolympians.substack.com. Um, you get an email every time a new, uh, new episode drops. Uh, we're, I don't know, we're going to do them every two or three weeks, month, something like that. So we're not, we don't have a regular basis. So subscribe so you can get the email whenever it comes out. Um, and then also it's on, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, some other random ones that people made me put it on. Um, but Anyway, it's all over the place, so just uh, just search for Prop Olympians and you're bound to find it because it's a special name. <laughs> yeah. If not, ask one of us. We'll send you the link. Uh, we'll send you the link or I can get it on whatever uh, whatever podcast platform you like to. <laughs> nice. All right, real quick, uh, before we get to our guests, I also want to uh, show you guys how easy it is to donate a reoccurring donation to the old maroon uh club uh you know all this money goes back to the current team um you can matt will put a link down below uh or within the the notes of the uh wherever however you're watching us or listening to us yeah there you go so uh you can either do a one-time gift or what we suggest doing is doing either a monthly or annual gift you can click on that it gives you the options it has different levels that you can click on to put your credit card information in and you have a reoccurring donation every month or once a year. You choose the date on when it happens uh, and that way you can give to the club continuously uh, and all, once again all that money goes back directly to the club uh, in some sort of way. Uh, you know, we'll have Mr. Mormon, uh, the cult, uh, Old Maroon president, uh, on in about a week or two. And he'll be able to further explain how the dollars, like per dollar, goes back to the club, whether that's through the endowment or directly to the club. And there, I think it's called the Excellence Fund, where they can actually pull directly, and it goes towards you know uh, water on the field, you know whatever whatever they need. Uh, either way, your your dollars go directly back to the club, and uh, it's really easy to do, y'all. And this is the best way to give back to the to the organization. So. But now that we have that taken care of, we want to get back to the man of the hour, uh, and it is Coach James Lowry. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here, brother. So Thank you for having me, fellas. Can, can we just on. hold until we get more yeah. donations? We can continue talking after that demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need to do. We need to do like a telethon thing where it's like live and like, James will tell one story for every donation, so and just keep it yeah. going, like the old school really? call-ins, you know? We've got a bunch of guys. singing for a certain yeah. value, he'll sing for us. Or... Yeah. Well, you don't Maybe want we that. can start doing, like, it live, too, and that, and then it start, people just, like, ring in. Yeah. So we'll wait, see if we get any comments on the text thread, then. Good love it. <laughs> so, Thank James, for, for today, man... I, I really want to get like a little bit of piece of like the man, James Lowry, you know, 
you know, a little bit of brief history on you, you know, your time in New Zealand, coming over to the States, and then we want to jump right into, you know, you being at A&M, coach at A&M, you know, and uh, the first years, the good, the bad, you know, what you learned, uh, you know, the time, you know, as, you know, coach during COVID, I know that was tough, and, like, you kept the ship going, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. then, you know, this last year, you know, what the, you know, y- y'all were successful as hell, you know, uh, and there's a lot to be built on to that. And then, of course, you know, what you're doing moving forward, as we all know that, you know, you're you're moving along to, you know, something new. So, uh, you know, really, we just, uh, this is your time, man. Uh, we just want to be here to hear, hear you out. So, it's all, the floor is all yours, brother. Okay. It's funny, whenever people ask me of the last couple of months, <laughs> Uh, my brother's 21st, my father, he's a very quiet man, soft-spoken. He doesn't really, not really known for his humor. He goes, well, <clears throat> and it was his turn to speak and my brother's 21st and he goes, well, my brother was conceived um, in the back of a cup and just this horrendous <laughs> job. Ever, it killed, it killed. But I was floored. I couldn't believe how, you know, blue my father could get. I, got, I say that to maybe, I can't, I can't really tell, you know, where I was and what happened, but no. So, just a typical Kiwi, uh, born and raised in Auckland, New Zealand. <laughs> um, rugby is our football. So, do we need to get somebody on to tell your conception story? Is that where we're going with this or what? Yeah, I thought we'd start off with the laugh. Why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, born and raised in Auckland, um, played rugby. Everyone wants to be an all black. Um, did that, but mum and dad had a very good work ethic um, academically for us, so that was just as important. Sometimes it was optional, for, obviously, for both of us. Um, so mother's from Samoa, uh, dad's from uh, North, sorry, North Otago in the South Island, came up to Auckland. So I, I had an upbringing, upbringing of both balanced, uh, very Kiwi-centric, with the Samoan, very proud Samoan heritage neighborhood. Grew up uh, in Auckland, played rugby, went through, made Auckland age grades as a rugby player, but also uh, aspired to, to go to university, I went to the university, uh, Auckland, at University of Auckland. Um, pretty much that's it. Played some men's rugby, went to England, played some rugby there, had a few offers to go pro, said no, went to film, went to university for film and TV, movies were my first love, um, and I chose to go a different route there, go to performing arts school in Australia, um, and then came back to New Zealand, uh, where uh, things changed drastically, my mother got ill, um, and so life put my aspirations on hold in terms of academics, but my mum persisted to continue to play rugby and uh, follow my academics. I went to drama school in New Zealand. And then when mum left us, um, it kind of inspired to put all that life um, experience and move to where it's well at in the United States of America. Something, Some things fell through when I was supposed to go to LA so I met um, Brewers, uh, Braves, you know Brewers, the Blacks, 
and a few of the Awesome Blacks guys on a Canadian yeah. rugby tour. And they said, hey, look, if things don't fall, work through in, um, in L.A., come to Austin, play for a season. I went to, um, I went to L.A. Sorry, I went to Austin. Found love. Stayed for a little, for a little bit. We played for the Austin Blacks for a little bit. Um, things fell through. Went to L.A. But while I was in Austin, I uh, coached Westlake Austin with uh, Aaron Cahoon, Al Aaron Cahoon, and, mm-hmm. and from there I got to know what an Aggie was, had no idea what it was, uh, I just heard, it was an ongoing joke, it was just a cult, you don't want to go there, it's just cold station, I remember, uh, and, and from there, uh, I need to take a deep breath, um, from there, when, once things went south in LA, the boys at A&M needed a bit of help. So they reached out to me after building quite a reputation. I said, well, I'll come and take the job. You know, I'll do my best. And the rest is history. I've been here for eight years. And remind me, what year was that, that uh, you came on? Because it's been, what, eight years now? Seven years? Yeah, fall of 2015. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Right. Time flies, man. I remember it because it was the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, and New Zealand won it, so hopefully win it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, and I think that was like right the time, right around the time, like me, Blake, yes. and Chase Space. had yes. like just kind of like started like with the old maroon, because like we we're part of that process of like who are we gonna find, you know? Um, and I remember that just being like we got we have somebody and we're like okay and like all the credit like everything lined up just perfectly um for you to be able to come on in and help out you know uh so one thank you because <laughs> you've been solid since then man um yeah. you know i know it hasn't been easy you know yeah. especially with everything that's been happening like, you know, COVID and everything and having to almost kind of like start fresh, you know, it seems like, um, but man, you've done a hell of a job, you know, getting the team back to, you know, where it's competitive, you know, they're, they're competitive again. And, you know, there's a lot of hope, you know, uh, and expectations are on the rise again, you know, so I appreciate it. I I don't think it's rugby landscape. Yeah. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I know, like on the men's lands, the men's rugby landscape. At least I've been seeing that, like COVID killed like a lot of clubs. You know, they built up all this momentum. COVID killed it, and then it started back over and build it up again. And just coming from the outside looking in, it's probably what's happened today and them too. It's probably made it even more difficult, I guess. It was, um, but I guess the, I guess the more I wouldn't say warming fact, but the we had to understand the whole world was under it. So nothing, any rugby was an, ex- yeah, an, yeah. an exception, but nothing was special. Politically, you could say Texas was a little different, um, and Texas uh, was no exception to the rule. But I think by then we already established a culture. And going back to your point, uh, Rios, I wouldn't have it any other way, because we had to, we had to start from the ground up and, and rebuild the culture. Uh, and, I, and I alluded to it down the road, but what we started then is prompt is paying off now 
we've got guys who grew up in Texas who want to be here and they have opportunities to go to more rugby centric schools so the reputation of the university speaks for itself but the rugby program speaks for itself as well um, and say what you like regarding of where our cap is right now our ceiling is right now um, it's more of our floor because we've got a, a, a huge ceiling but I wouldn't go I wouldn't change it it allowed me to dive and put my footprint into it really dive into dig my uh, feet in you know something really rewarding as tough as it was um, and I had Phil uh, Grieve here helping for the first two couple of years and he built a club from scratch um, from Cal Fulton. so I had that wisdom and I had the ambition I mean I had the ambition to say hey outside the, <laughs> the 7's USA 7's team that you, Texas A&M should be the second fittest team in the country that lasted for about three weeks so yeah. I let go of that and, and most Kiwis are stubborn and most and most coaches psychologically will tell you they're pathological about how they want things done and that's the reality of it you have to be um, but ambition is a good thing um, and it's been pride is something I have had to negotiate as a Kiwi um, and things take time so as I grew the club grew that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah, no, absolutely. You know, what was, you know, your expectations were obviously pretty high coming in. Yeah. And yeah, the USA 7 fitness, right? <laughs> what other, uh, I think, pieces you had to learn at the very beginning, uh, you know, that if yeah. for the new coaches coming in, making sure like, hey, FYI, this right here or I would do this differently or my expectations or um, you know trying to maybe build a better gap you know between old maroon and the young guys you know how how is that achievable in your eyes or you know what what would be like the two top top two or three points I think you would suggest for the new coaches coming in Mm. have have the courage of the conviction to control what you want to control don't stress over things that you can't and just keep building on what works because the system mm-hmm. is flawed it really is and you guys have been a part of it and you've felt the frustration and now that you've kind of maybe stepped back a little bit from the game from the outside you can see it, it's not working you know, there's a reason why Portugal um Drew with the USA Eagles, and you want to be a proud rugby, USA rugby fan. And I mention that because it starts from the bottom up, and that you everyone's a part of it. Um, so you can't control the system. So understand how the system works. Control what you can control. Do it very well, and make sure that everyone is having a good time. You know, elaborate on the good time because. The players, and the parents in particular, because they're young, they're not self-sufficient, they don't have their own careers, they need to be aware of how the system works. But they, they fundraise everything. They pay the kids' dues. They pay the, the fellas' um, tuition at school to go and play rugby, as well as being getting education. 
So they need to, they need to be aware how everything works. And if you can understand that, you can under, you can actually make a a pathway of how to succeed and, and improve and contribute and help shape the system. So yes, those two things are, are primal. Do you, that's interesting that you bring that bring in the parents, you know, and how much they have a say they they do because it's a lot of their money that's being put into you know the club you know and we're trying to alumni you know like make make it our money almost you know like putting it back in right uh, mm -hmm. so there's all these people that are wanting the kids to succeed right going back to what you said the system's flawed as in you mean like the structure of like club sport versus uh you know the schools that are or the teams that are backed by universe the university no are you talking was, about usa rugby in general yeah oh yeah, usa yeah, rugby USA. in general and okay. it doesn't have to be particularly entity and, and i'm not and it is a bit of an indictment because they've had over 100 years to, to fix it now where where they are on the hook is it should be numbers the reason, and it doesn't have to have a, a proper position of USA Rugby. It's just a situation of the family and the game. Like we had Gareth Jones today, yesterday, and that was wonderful. You guys know how that works. But at the very crux of it, it's everyone playing on the game, playing the game, and then enjoying it and improving, and the coaches learning how to improve. You can't put a monetary value on the energy that sustains that environment. You can't. But you have to, logistically, the parents are paying for it. They are judged, they're balancing their time, this work schedule, their, their commitments as a family to help their kids play the game. But is there a pathway for them to get better? Is there a pathway for them to stay at a small town and go to the local college and play at the highest level? You guys both know I'm going from college where it's, it's a fixed schedule to go into men's rugby where you have to balance all of life and commit to rugby and try and perform at a high level. Why else would you put your body on the line? It's so damn hard. But you're not playing it. Are you playing it to go to the USA, uh, to play for USA at the next level? Questionable. But you want to. There's a reason why you do these things. So... <clears throat> I'm losing my track of point here, I do. But my point of reference is that if everything's uniform, then you can actually improve uniformly together across the country. But in Texas, you, ha you have to be very careful. Uh, Texas A&M or at the club level, you have to be very sure of where you're going and how you're doing it. And there's a logistical uh, uh, commitment to that that has to be honest. If you're gonna get better, yeah. i.e., for okay, here's an example. <clears throat> We've got two teams. We had to enter one into the Lone Star, and enter one and one the Red River. The Red River is D1A. Lone Star is not. D1A has all the gravitas, arguably, and Lone Star doesn't. But what's the premise of it? We want to play. We pay our own dues. We work hard. These guys want to play the game, and they want to go places that they don't know about. But we're subject to the teams around us. Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma. Huge names. Huge universities. World famous. 
They're not close to us. But do we do, we can't hold their hand, so we have to spend more of our logistical resources to improve us. Because that's who we can control and who we really want to care about. Mm-hmm. Do we care about the others? For sure. If I take my AM hat off, I want all of it to be good. I'd like to go just there around with Sam, Prairie View, and play competitive games. That's less than two hours away. That's what, $50 in gas, maybe. Yeah. But we have to spend that at Bucky's on the way to Oklahoma. So it's um, <laughs> yeah, back and forth. So um, I guess you guys can see my point. There's a, a commitment there, and it's, and it's taxing on the resources. Um, but you have to have a mindset of how that works in order to um, really know what you're committing to regarding alumni and telling them what they need it for. And they have to trust you that you're using it for that reason so we can get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we both definitely know that because, I mean, when we were in school, you know, we played the same schools, right? We blow them yeah. all out of the water, generally speaking. But we'd have to go to California or Utah or Las Vegas, or we'd have to travel to go yeah. get good competition. And you go, then you're actually challenged, and then you can start building up your own, you know, yeah. your own experiences when you play this better competition. But yeah, definitely, the schools in California, when they're surrounded by competitive schools, mm-hmm. the whole thing lifts up together, right? Same things for the Northeast, and whenever everyone's, you kind of in yeah. that, everything's closer and stuff. It's um, yeah. Anyway. Can you- yeah, I, I feel that. Point. I, I thought prior to. No, 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 go ahead, coach. Sorry, just to fill that point. Sorry, Rios, didn't mean to cut you off. Um, California, uh, the California League, they just put the whole Southern California into one bracket. So, Northern, so actually all of California. So, um, Cal Poly has to go down and play San Diego, and it's just one big tournament, one big conference. I mean, as easy as that sounds, it's, it's not that hard to figure it out. And then it makes too much sense. You play all that rugby up and down the coasts. There's an intrinsic value, the existential value of going up. And, man, I get to go up to north and play a really good team. And I had to go down. I get to go to the beach there and really enjoy my life. That's what it's all about. Because if you enjoy it, you want to give back to it. Um, and I made that correlation with the coaches with Johnny the other day. Um, not to go off on a tangent, maybe I can revisit the point if I can stop mumbling. Um, uh, I've already lost my foot. Uh, fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> where else would it? The, the travel. So, so much I want to cover. I had some notes here. <laughs> um, oh, God. Carry on. I've lost my point. Sorry. I'll get back. You made a point to Johnny the other day. Uh, before that. About California. Oh, yes. Being solution-centric. I mean, there's a rabbit hole for us, all of us, to complain. Oh, we need to do this and do that. Um, And it's going to be tied to everything, fellas, whoever's listening. You have to be solution-centric. And the answer is money. Whether we get $1,000 or $100 million, it's a matter how you use it and what we do with it. And it's going to take time for it to work. Like Navy, yes, it is a um, military academy, but they turn, they're, in the, they're in the final. They're in the final after one year after going varsity. 
Now, they threw some money in it, whatever yeah. arbitrary number it is, but it, that, the money's not winning the games. The people are. They're the ones doing the work every day. They're the ones mm -hmm. doing the lifting, catching the balls. They're the ones coaching, telling the people, and, and utilizing their energy. It's time and money that will help us elevate. Whether we get $100 million tomorrow, it's still going to take time, and it's how you use it. If you misuse it, it may take even more time. So it's about being solution-centric and being very objective and pragmatic and, be, and with spirited optimism of how to use it and creating a, a, a competitive but a fun environment. It has to be fun. I think you're, you're right on point. You know, I, it yeah, it has to be fun, but I, I think for us to get where it is fun, uh, you know, you're going to have to play those competitive games and the competitive games are going to cost that money, right, to go to travel. I think having Arkansas State, you know, in the conference now is definitely going to help elevate the comp competition. But mm -hmm. next to that, I mean, who else is there, you know, that's close by, you know? I mean, you know, uh, I think we talked about yeah. it briefly, you know, like the team, maybe the team would have to play some men's men league games, but like, yeah. I don't think the boys would really want to have to play men's league. You know, they'd rather go and play a university that's, you know, to compete against, you know, so. That's what you sign up for, right? No. That's what and you sign up for. Yeah. To play other college. Yeah. LSU is sure. the one. Yeah, no, yeah. You were there at Houston, right, when we bit them after a couple of years, and that was a great experience. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But that was the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of LSU. A lot of their great players, which I had the utmost respect for, and I think LSU is A&M's perfect opponent. They're working class kids. They do not care about the Aggie cult, and they just punch us in the face, and they want to win. But we can both see each other eye to eye. It's good. It's good for our boys. They're the antidote for a lot of our attitudes that we have, that I have to suffer. I mean, believe it or not, yeah. I used to have uh, at coaching A&M. Now I have no hit. I'm joking. Um, but um, but though it's a player-run club, and we can talk about club, and I mentioned the word fun, but the, those two words um, carry a lot of weight in where we are. We're a club. And those players that graduated from LSU, once they graduated, they did not carry it through. And culture is a big one, and we alluded to it at the beginning. Culture is one that I promote the most. Winnings. A product of culture. Um, yeah, Carol. I remember you harping that a lot through prior to COVID. You had, and you had some great, some great guys that I know are just probably waiting to be called on to like be part of Old Maroon. Uh, yes. You know the Connor Kellys and Bradens. You know those guys. I mean, and I think part of that was because. Uh, you know, Old Maroon, you know, we were making a really big effort with you to get to know those guys uh, and pick their brains and have them in on some of the meetings of what we were doing. Like Old Maroon, we, you know, when we did the uh, retreats for the Old Maroon board, you were there and so was Braden and those guys, you know, seeing like what we were meeting, meeting about and discussing so that they get a little bit of a peek of it so that the culture of 
giving back to the club after you've played is still yes. there, you know? Um, yeah. The so coaching, I, I think you did a great job of continuing that and really honing in yeah. on that with those guys. Um, it, it has to be. It has to be. I mean, I look uh, at you, Rios, and I look at you, Matt, and it's my job, and I take it personally, to make you proud of what you look at when you look back. It, it is my job, and I reinforce that every day with the boys. I just wrote down here, coaching tree, the 74 guys love Booze, Roger Booze, and those guys are involved on Maroon. Yeah. The 90s guys love Craig and Klinghoffer, and they give back. When I ask Alec and need something, he doesn't hesitate. He says, what do you need? When Johnny and Craig, when the, you guys love him and that coaching crew, those boys, Connor and Braden, they're big fans of me. And the Jeremy Brown Scholarship was a donation to help me out as a club. It wasn't so much the club, and I don't. I say that because I'm proud of creating an environment where they want to give back to what they care about. So the common theme there is that you, all those coaches create an environment that you want to be a part of and give back to. You can only look at Cal, right? Those guys just give countless amount of dollars to Jack Clark because what it means in their life. Um, so culture has to be the foundation. It has to be. Um, I want to go back to the point, fun. Yes, you guys were so competitive, and I really wanted our club to get as good as you were. But it's a, outside the stress of fundraising, and Johnny alludes to these stories all the time, you guys had fun. I don't think you guys... I'm willing to bet there's no reason you're doing this because you didn't have fun along the way of working hard and being successful. And the word fun is, it can be quite taboo right now for these kids. And they are kids. I don't think I've ever had to use the term college kids so apropos this year. Because they're, they're, sometimes they're next to useless. Um, and they can rewatch this. But I'll, I'm, I'm more than happy to tell them. Um... But they desire connection. They you desire to Johnny too much. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> listening, yeah, for sure, for sure. Just listening. Um, love you, bro. Um, they desire connection. They desire connection so much. This generation, and fun is a key component to them, and it helps them become better athletes. You can see it on all social media platforms of pro players in this country. If they're not having a good time, they tap out. Even if they have millions of dollars, if they're not having fun, they quit. That is symptomatic of this generation. So you have to have that aspect of fun in the connection, in the environment that is conducive to producing a strong culture. It has to be. You're not going to get, you're not going to get too far without it. And that's a big obstacle, but it can be enjoyable. It's rewarding for both parties because as a coach, you want to be having fun. You don't want to be telling these guys and holding their hands all the time, but you're doing them a favor as a coach to teach them how to be accountable, uh, but also to let them know it's an environment you're making them better while having fun. 
I agree with that 100% because, I mean, at least our class, you know, we had Craig and Johnny, and we had a really tight, tight-knit group of guys, and we played for each other, and it was fun. We had, you know, we had fun on the pitch and off the pitch, and, um, I mean, it's still to like why I think the sports meant so much to me, even after graduation and playing with men's clubs and going playing with the blacks and moving down here and playing a couple seasons with Galveston. And, you know, they reach out to me. I didn't play this last year, but they reached out to me and said, Hey, can you come play at least off the bench for one game? And it didn't, I, I couldn't make it. I had something else going on, but like, I got excited. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Like, cause I enjoy it and it's fun. And, um, yeah. it, it's hard once you have family, it's harder to do that. But like, I think if it wasn't, we didn't have such a great experience in at A&M with uh, you know Johnny and Craig leading the way than the, the group of guys we had I wouldn't be 36 years old and still wanting to go run around and play <laughs> like and hurt myself like I just wouldn't want to do that so yeah. I do think that the culture and that fun is what what's carried that with me all these years yeah. I, I agree man. I mean yeah no I, I agree uh, there win, winning's fun but there were some years where we didn't, you know, we didn't win like we wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. but we still had fun. Like you're, you're still with your, your buddies and your, and, you know, you, and with the coaches, you know, the coaches were very much a part of it as well, uh, where we had a good time, you know, uh, you know, it, it, the, the on, the on the field products, you know, did what it needed to do. And then I think we continue to that carried over into like the friendships and relationships that we built, you know, um, you know, yeah. uh, just to finish that point, so yeah, no, it, it, you know, the team that comes in or the coaches team come that comes in, I know that they will keep that, you know, I have mm-hmm. a pretty good, uh, idea that <laughs> I think we, we gave enough hell to Connor Mills as a, when he was a freshman and we were a senior that he still knows, the. Have some fun <laughs> with some of those guys, uh, but uh, you know I, I'm looking forward to you know the the transition and seeing that happen. You know because every it seems like every coach that has come along has helped build the culture and like it continue to grow. You know there's a new piece mm-hmm. to it that's been added. You know uh, James, you added in a, you know your own little piece of of that and the the players that are you know, going to be transitioning with the new set of coaches, you know, get to bring that on too, you know, so. Mm. Um, yeah. It, it, Just it's going to be, it's, it's, it's exciting. Hopefully. Good. Well, I'm excited for it too. Um, just to kind of close the loop on that narrative there, I don't want the older crew, and they know who they are, to see us smiling and talking about having fun. We're talking about a component to a culture that is needed for the young men whilst trying to get to the next level. Like it's, I just want to make sure I'm talking that and finishing that point because a lot of people can misconstrue that like, well, they're just shooting the shit. No, there's a poignant point to it. It's a component. We want to smile what we're doing while we're doing it because that's, we're not getting fucking Jimbo Fisher money. We are trying to create an environment that's going to uh, have a component that's going to help us get to the next level. So just keep, can we just have that fundraising bar down the bottom here? Just keep clicking as we're talking. Um, see the dollar uh, signs are coming up? The dollar signs get it going up. <laughs> yes, it's it's all conducive to it. So just please, you got to trust that the 
the guys that are at the coalface, Johnny Smith and the new coaching staff, are trying to get there. No, I, no, I, think I agree. There's... I mean, for me, fun wasn't all about the parties and stuff like that. It was going to California. It was going to Utah. It was playing BYU and and coming up just short. Like, and but having yourself tested with your buddies, going out there and being tested like that, for me, that's fun. Yeah. And that's like what kind of keeps you playing, keeps you striving. So, I mean, in general, rugby is fun. Period. Right. Like. But the 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 time. I think I I don't know why like to me like practice was just as fun as the games were you know uh, and it was challenging because we had a whole bunch of guys and a whole bunch of characters out there too but we were all put through the same fire you know like it wasn't easy none of it was easy but I think the challenge of that and with your mates right there with you is what made it fun you know it wasn't just a I don't know. I, I've been to, you know, some men's practices where it wasn't fun. You're having to, I'm having to lead the practice and and it's stressful as hell. I get why you're probably, you know, uh, you know, no hair <laughs> coach James because I've been to practices, uh, but I'm definitely gray. So uh, I won't say that's all from, from rugby, uh, you know, a two-year-old daughter helps out, but uh Man, like, Boy, uh, you were like that when you were 25. Shut up. Yeah, I was. <laughs> it's just coming in thicker now. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, uh, my first impression of yeah, you, no, Reese, the... like, how old is this guy? What? <laughs> <laughs> I think me and you are the same age. So, <laughs> yeah, like, so wow, okay. uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I think I started going gray when I was like 22. Okay. It was like the first couple of like sprouts that like popped up. Um, Dude, when no, we they, lived together, you were twenty-two and you were half. Well, <laughs> you know they have doctors for that. They I'm say gray hair a crown of wisdom. Yeah, well, I got it. I'm pretty sure there's a doctors for that. Yeah. You know, so you can try and figure that out. That's no. too much work, dude. Just letting it go all gray, man. It's going all white. Well, at least you, at least you got here. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, I got plenty of it, for sure. Oh, thanks. Thanks, uh, thanks. Appreciate it. I'll leave my hat on. <laughs> I can lend you some. <laughs> you know, would you wear a toupee? <laughs> no. no. Uh, <laughs> so, with, uh, with the current team, or let's talk about this last year. Mm. The success y'all had. Y'all did have success. You know, you, I yes. feel like y'all did really well, you know. Yeah. And the fact that you had two – I, you brought it about the fact that you had two separate teams, basically, competing mm-hmm. in two different conferences. Because yeah. you, you needed to give those guys, you know, playing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I wish I, there, they would have – that team, if you there was a way to, like, keep them uh, – because did they have the playoffs, the, the gray side? Was there a playoffs no, in that conference? No, no, the stipulation upon the letting the team in was that we weren't allowed to qualify for playoffs. We just wanted the games, so um, it, it wasn't a big deal. Got Down it. the road it could be, um, but we had to uh, deal with some characters. <laughs> so, but that's beside the point. Yeah. 
the the uh, and that's good to hear. Like you, you said, you had to deal with some characters. That I mean, that happens, right? It goes about the it probably has uh, to do with yeah. the culture, right? Making sure that the culture, right? So oh uh, yeah, but it's um, both. I think that's just both. Yeah, both conferences are coached run conferences. So the characters are the adults, quote unquote. But yeah, I mean, I don't feel I don't want to feel like I'm, um, you know, making shots at people. But um, there's a generation there that could help grow the 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 state of Texas rugby exponentially, and there's a few holding it back. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Going uh, going back to it, uh, last this past year, the success of this yeah. team. Y'all are young, very yeah. young. I think there was only five yeah. seniors. Um, where did we yeah. get the influx of, of youth? To, to <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I think we've built the reputation over the last three or four years of of being in the top twenty at least, um, and being a competitive rugby program. Now, does it fit kind of financially where people want to go and the talent that we inherit? Maybe a little bit. I, mean, I think that you have to kind of consider that factor. I mean, if they're that good at rugby, they'd probably go somewhere else. But they they actually are pretty good and want an education and want a well-balanced life. And you guys are Aggies, so you know, there tends to be a, uh, a certain mindset around here. You want to enjoy both parts of the world, uh, of, the, of your college life. So we just a lot of them are Houston-based. Um, Jeremy Brown Scholarship awardee, Hayden Vinealt, our number 12, our second 5'8". He came from San Diego, and he's just been a diehard Aggie. But he wanted to be an Aggie because Johnny Manziel was here. So you can't really blame him for wanting to be here, uh, even though I have no love whatsoever for that football team. But it got, we got him. We got him because of that. And he likes the values, and he and he prefers the traditions and the maroon. And immediately he's made an impact. So the younger generation and the the outreach of the SEC, it's it's hard. The SEC has been huge for the school. Um, I think most of a lot of our guys, a couple of guys from Philly, New York, purely come because of the SEC and the engineering school. And the STEM program uh, is just world class at this school. Uh, so you, you can't really blame them. And the Bradens. But they also had parents that are Aggies, so they have no choice. There's, <laughs> there's a yeah. few of our guys that um, said, like, well, I don't want to go to AM. And the parents are like, well, fine. Uh, you pay for your own education, but if you want to go to AM, I'll pay for your education. So it's kind of hard to beat. <laughs> yeah, I kind of understand that a little bit more now that I have a, a kid <laughs> and, and I'm paying my retirement, you know, to be like yeah. college station, you know, yeah. when she's like, when she graduates, I have like a house down there so that when she goes there, she can live there. And then yeah. when she graduates from there, then, like, I get to retire and, like, live in College Station. And maybe that's when my rugby, like, coaching time 
kicks in. I don't know. We'll see. So, well, at some this of those rate, guys have a good yeah, I think at this rate, Fort Worth would be cheaper than College Station uh, by the time it's done. Yeah, yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> so, uh, if not, College Station, maybe just like on the outskirts. I don't know. Enough, close enough to make a drive in for the games. So, yeah, absolutely. We'll see if my wife agrees with it. <laughs> okay, that's another uh, podcast. Yeah. The, uh, so... How was Gareth Jones? Because that was yesterday, correct? You said it was... Yes. How many teams did y'all have out there? Oh, that's Johnny Creek. I think we had 36, I think. Wow. You're going to keep me lying. Um, but do, do I want to carry on with um, the success of this past year? Do you want me to talk about that? Oh, yes, please, yeah. Yeah, sorry. So, yes, I thought it was successful on all fronts. I mean... You're as good as your record is, and that's that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes as a coach. But more for the players, we're not playing the game. The Cal Poly game was coulda, shoulda, coulda, but we we it's hard to get the mindset of our boys being so successful in the Red River. Um, and there's a real alchemy, like a real chemical reaction with these boys that really enhances their ego. <laughs> Unfortunately, that they can't come back down to earth and go back to work against a better team. They have to play another team and yeah. then take their medicine on the national stage. And that's, that was the narrative going in, and that was the narrative going out. I can't say I'm surprised, but hey, it's life, and these boys need to learn what it is like to work for what you want. So I consider that a success. Um, and we were going to go to another step up against life, Again, it was a good acronym. It was a good analogy for for the boys. That was the theme going in. It, you got to tackle life. It's a big team. Just go and tackle it. Have fun while they're doing it, and work hard and see what you're made of. And they learned the lessons they learned was invaluable. You can't, as much as we like to think we can, we can't create that at training. We can't. And we had to go there, spend the money, so we learned it logistically what it takes. And then uh, physically what it takes to be there. So I, I consider it was a success. Red River, I put everyone else in the conference on notice of what they need to do to catch us. And it put us on notice to what we need to do to, keep, um, to catch the rest of us. And for you old Marooners that are listening, especially the older ones, um, we, life scored at will against us. They couldn't score one try the following week. And the team that bet them couldn't score the following week. So that's a really harsh metric of what, um, of, of the ground we need to cover. And it's something that we need to, again, yeah. hopefully more dollar signs are coming in as we're listening uh, to help us get better. And that's the only way we're going to do it. Time and resources will get there. So, uh, overall, fellas, yeah, overall, and it's not a way, it's not a, I'm not being complicit in the results, it was worth the lessons for the boys and young men, and the new coaches are going to take that on board with hungry young men, and they're going to take it to another level, and that, that was part of the transition, 
Johnny didn't believe me when I said I was going, uh, and he's been absolutely wonderful and amazing in, in that transition. So the mindset is about teaching them, teaching them about life, trying to make tra training as hard as you can. But sometimes they just they don't believe it's going to be that hard or that easy on the weekend. But it, overall, uh, ladies and gents, it's just been a, a successful season. Off the books, we've got the, you, you guys saw the nice sweet jerseys. Got Takis as a great sponsor now, donating generously, and that's through the grandfather of our halfback. Mm -hmm. And that's a parent that saw an opportunity to help the club. So the parents have to be, that's a, I think down the road, have to be involved at some point. I mean, there's a lot of administrative and grey areas that you need to cover there, but to capitalise on parents with resources to help elevate us to you know so it's not all on you guys to get better it all goes in the same direction and Johnny's doing a wonderful job of how to streamline that so we can all benefit from it while they turn up to training they can see it so yeah overall gentlemen it's been a successful season so we're healthy in the box numbers wise and I think we're very healthy and hungry on the field and, that's, and we're going to use with our Sevens Nationals down the road in a couple of weeks. Those guys are ready to use that energy right away. So it's not over yet, but it, it's going to be immensely yeah, successful. You, you have the Sevens coming up, and it's in Houston, correct? Yes, sir. It's in Houston? May 6th and 7th. Yes, sir. And what? We'll, that's when it is. Cinco de Mayo weekend. <laughs> we talked about yeah. that. Uh, At the Sabercat Stadium. Yeah, the coaches right, will uh, partake. Uh, I think the players, the coaches will partake. I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. So is it? Uh, it is. Uh, are you? So you're still. Uh, Y'all working sevens in right now, correct? Yes, yes sir. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so is that you at training or? Is uh, yeah, it's Mills me. coming in and helping out any yet? Absolutely. He's just okay. been amazing. He's been, he's been coming up a couple of weeks. He came up periodically during the 15th season okay. just to get an eye on a few of the players. I know he's hungry to work with the talented guys that we've got, which is awesome. And the boys are responding right away. Um, and it's just it's really refreshing to have a, a backs coach. Um, I am a forwards coach by trade. In the coaching, so coaching these backs um, has been fun and challenging. I want to strangle half of them half the time, um, but uh, no, but it's been good and it's been re really refreshing to have uh, Connor around. He's sky's uh, the limit for that guy as a coach. Nice, good. It'll be we're excited to get him on here soon and, and Johnny as well. I already spoke, I spoke with Johnny a couple of times yeah. and I know I think. Uh, Sometime in May, we're, we should be having him on this, and it'll be uh, yeah. it'll be interesting to hear what the cool things he has kind of cooking up right now. Uh, yeah. Having uh, you know the the team, and then him being the director of rugby, you know, and I say the team, yeah. the team, the coaches, and then the director of rugby. Um, Absolutely, I think it'll be interesting to see how that really works, you know, and, and helping elevate the club. So. Um, yeah, and I think it's worth noting uh, Mills Connor is one of our own. Oh, sorry. Uh, 
sorry, just to, because you'd be surprised of how how disconjointed some of the Omarin. I know you guys are frustrated to that to that end. Um, I recall when USA bet the French Barbarians in Houston. After the French Barbarians bet the New Zealand Maori the previous week, and the French Barbarians had their, like their third team, and USA bet them. Some guy commented like, "How did we lose? I thought we bet." Uh, then they beat the New Zealand Maori last week. This is a. I'm like, come on, no, that's not the team you bet. You beat. So there's a big disconnection of how things are working. Uh, at Garrett Jones yesterday, uh, even though we host the biggest youth tournament in the South, um, they had no idea that it was Rugby Day in it. Uh, how does how does that work? So uh, Connor Mills, to the point, is one of our own. And he's played at the highest level uh, in college. Um, so yeah, Connor Mills is going. One of our own is going to be coaching for all your listeners. Yep, <laughs> that's right. Connor played with me and Matt our fifth, our super senior year, and he was a freshman. And uh, yeah, we're excited for him. And then his dad actually coached. Uh, the yeah. A&M team for a year or two after we graduated uh, mm-hmm. before before we, uh, James uh, so I, I forget what those years were but yeah, no, I think it was maybe 2012 11, 14, to 15 I think um, um, but yeah, so the, the Mills are they're, they're a big part of the A&M family so, which yeah. is exciting to see him come back and, and uh, you know I mean, he's done, he's done really well, and I'm super I'm super proud and excited to to have him back. Uh, I mean, he hasn't been anywhere, but to have him as a coach, it'll it'll be fun. And then <laughs> I think the the Johnny and Connor Mills dynamic will be funny too, and it'll be good too because they work along really well together as well. So uh, it'll be fun. It's, it's going to be a good time, man. I'm like I said, I'm excited for what's coming up, man. Uh, and a large part, once again, this thanks to you, James, and uh, you put in your imprint on here at A&M Rugby. Um, you know, before we head out, because we're getting close to the, to the hour mark here, what, uh, what's coming up for you, man? What are you doing now? What's going on? Where are you going? What are you doing? Do you, or do you not know yet? Um, I, I do know. I'll probably go back to film school for a little bit. Take some classes in screenwriting again. Um, kind of utilize my degree nice. there, um, and give it a crack. You know, COVID was a good exercise for yep. a lot of humanity. Humanity, but to to re, you know, don't waste anything. My mother said to me um, while she was going through chemo, uh, she was at the back and she'd always hang out the back on Sundays. And she said to me one day, she goes. Um, if you're not doing what you want to do, then what's the point? And it's something I've tried to live up to yeah. most of my life, uh, or for the rest of my life. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to live my life with any regrets. And I just want to, uh, just before the time's up, I appreciate the love and support you, and trust probably most, that you've instilled in me to let me take over uh, this club that you hold so dear. And I take it personally to... Uh, do you guys proud and a lot of you listeners out there uh, so it's been a, a very worthy 
very challenging journey uh, and it's uh, been worthwhile for sure so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna have a crack at that long story short all right awesome man well nothing but love here dude and uh, you know wish you the best of luck on you know your next journey you know uh, and I think that's from everybody that's part of the a and rugby family you know Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah. time that you've given, you know, uh, you know, uh, we talk about this all the time. It, y'all get, the coaches give so much of your time, you know, uh, and just men- your mental capacity and everything to, you know, trying to make 18 to 22 year old men, men, right? And so, yeah, uh, thank you for that, man. And dealing with us well, older guys too that. Helping us as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know who's more frustrated. Hell out of you, dude. Okay. And what all you yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I plan yeah, on coming back. Um, for that's definitely what we've talked about. Is yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll plan. I definitely come back and back play to Old Maroon and play with you guys. It'd be fun. Let's yeah, go. love that. There we go. Yeah. You gonna be Maybe with Matt in the backs or you in the fours? Uh, depends on my lungs, I guess. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna hold you to that. Yeah. So, uh, um, man, appreciate it. I know we're at the the time mark. Matt, you got anything? No, again, I mean, it's something me and Rios talked about is, you know, when you're students, you don't recognize or really realize what it takes for a coach like you or Johnny or Craig or any of the other guys that have done this, what they really dedicate, what they really do, and what the time and effort it takes until you grow up and you have your own family. And, like, I can't even make it out to one training a week to play rugby, right? And, like, you guys are coming out three nights a week and then plus a Saturday, plus film sessions, plus this, plus that, and everything else. And, it's, it's a definite commitment, and it's just something that, in retrospect, looking back at it, I'm like, man, I didn't really recognize and realize what it took. And so it makes me even more appreciative of what you guys are doing. Yeah. So thank you. Absolutely. Welcome. Yeah. Keep, keep well, giving us with money. That, yeah, dollar bills <laughs> going up down at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Let's, Can you uh, edit some things? Yeah. Yeah, the little, I need you to start making it rain, and I'll make it like a little gift for shooting fire, <laughs> or shooting dollars going. Yes. I look forward right, to catching man. up well, with hey, you guys. Thanks too. again, James. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a great time. Appreciate it, brother. And, uh, you know, the next one I think we're going to have either uh, Robert Mormon on uh, or Johnny. So if you are listening to this, you've made it to the end, hit the like and subscribe button, and we'll get some more content out for you guys. So. And James, I guess time. we'll see. If nothing else, if I don't get a chance to see you in Houston here in a couple of weeks, which I'm going to try to make it out, I'll see yeah. you at Old Maroon. You better be there. 100%. Yeah. You can be there. <laughs> Good ball, fellas. Love you guys. Thank you, rugby community. Yeah. Love you too, man. Future is bright. Appreciate Thanks, it. Guys. See you guys. Thank you.